Mm. Dude, this is my second Diet Coke of the day. I might have a third for dinner. What do you mean? Three in one day? There's nothing in it, though. We've gone over this, right? Yeah, there's... They say there's caffeine. Let's see. Hold on. Caffeine in Diet Coke. Like, there's caffeine. I know there's caffeine and there's that, you know, sugar substitute. There's sweeteners that increase your risk of diabetes and cardiovascular disease. I'll take it. Yeah, how's your diabetes and cardiovascular? I don't know. Is that a HIPAA violation for me to ask you that? Of course not. All righty, dude. We should jump into this. Okay, let's hit it. All right, you want to switch this time? You read my part. I read your part. Go. Yeah, I'm feeling frisky. All right, frisk it away. Welcome to Living a Stream Podcast, where we chat about movies, shows, documentaries, and other things that we watched on one of the many streaming platforms available. Hosted by people who are living the dream, our own or someone else's, watching things on a stream, our own, or most likely someone else's. Josh usually picks a platform and then a genre. So I blew it, dude. That's not the script anymore. I tried to be funny and then I blew it. <laughs> you tried. We choose a platform and a movie and then discuss the movie using. We choose a platform and a movie and then discuss the movie using the Jimmy V 1993 SB speech rubric. If the movie makes us laugh, think, and cry, whether tears of joy or sadness, then it's a full movie. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Harrison. And I'm Josh Perez. And this episode's platform is I watched it on Apple TV. And the movie was. Everything, everywhere, all at once. What platform did you watch it on? I watched it on Amazon Prime. Oh. Oh, did you buy it? Do you own it? Months ago. Yeah, we bought it a few months ago. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Dude, (laughs) I realized I'm pretty sure I changed the script on mine, on my end. Yep. And I didn't think about that. This is not me trying to, you know. Can you imagine if we were business partners that actually made money? What kind of relationship (laughs) we'd have? I mean, we're broken. We don't make money. And we already have tension. Like you, you don't you fix something mm-hmm. for you, but you don't fix for me. So like for business partners, and you paid yourself but forgot to pay me. Like oh that's, my gosh, that's what okay. I'm thinking. One, we are putting as this is a quote from you. We are this venture is putting food on the table for you and your kids, and I am a part of that. I forget what episode that was, but we've said it. You've said it. So I'm just gonna keep running with that. Two. I, the like principal or the master or the, the overall template of it, dude, I didn't update it. Cause I thought you didn't, <laughs> I thought you didn't do notes. That's so I, like, I, oh, read I don't the script. <laughs> so that one's on me, man. That one's on but me. For sure but I, I did watch it on, on Amazon prime. I do own the Blu-ray collectors edition. Shout out scrimptures. Um, the roomies got me this really dope one. I think I've talked about it on another episode because it's the A24 membership. We are not getting paid or sponsored by it, but go ahead and consider joining $55 a year and you get a bunch of cool stuff, including a free $60 valued gift on your birthday. Anyways, not a plug, not an advertisement, more of a shout out. Um, yeah, Eric, dude. Okay. I have some full days to go over. Uh, that have happened because I mean I, we, we haven't chatted in like what a week and a half or so yeah tell me about them well I wanted you to share first because what if but okay I'll go, let, I'll let, go. We, we switched it up with the script let's switch it up with who goes first you're right you're right 
Um, okay, dude. Well, the first one is, dude, I had a near-death experience, which was wild. And I, this okay. is not me being oh, dramatic. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Skip forward four minutes from this point, people. <laughs> we'll put a stung by a bee again, dude? Like, what the... <laughs> no, dude, this one was real. Okay, so the reason why it was a full day, though, is because there was laughter. I did think about a whole lot of stuff afterwards. And then I, like, legit had tears running down my face out of, I think, guess, fear. It was just like a, a natural response uh, because, dude, I was eating pizza because that's what you do. Every Friday's pizza, pizza family Friday night. So we made pizza. And I want to say it was on Saturday, leftover pizza. The same thing I always do. I throw in the air fryer for a few minutes. I get it crispy. I put on chili flakes and I put on garlic powder. The same thing I do every Friday and every Saturday when I eat leftovers. But dude, I started coughing and I started choking a little bit. And then we were, it was like funny. And it was like, we were laughing and Drew's like, you know, like, hey, dude, you okay over there, Mr. You know, dramatic. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm fine. And I kept coughing. It wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. And then he was like, don't you go dying on me. Because we were talking about Dumb and Dumber. And I was like, that's funny. And um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not actually dying. But then, dude, there was nothing in my throat. There was no food. And all of a sudden, it felt like my throat swell, like was swollen. Like it was a... Uh, What's that word where it, asphyxiation? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Asphyxiation? Yeah. You know when people have allergic reactions, they need an EpiPen to bring the swelling down. Otherwise, their throat closes. Yeah. Asphyxiation. That's what it felt like, dude. I stood up and I was like, instantly, it went from like, this is funny to like, I might die. Like, I was like, I couldn't breathe. And dude, the first thing that came to my head was hereditary. You know, you know, when. <laughs> When the girl's like, my throat's itching. And she's like, and she's like, is that how you sound scratchy? Dude, no joke. Like I tried to breathe and it was like, and at first I was like, okay, this is going to go away. And it didn't, dude. It was like a whole minute, which felt like a long time. I thought I was going to die, dude. Wait, what Drew caused like, it? I'm not understanding. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm allergic to any of that stuff. But dude, it was. It was intense, dude. So I'm sitting there just trying to like breathe through my mouth. I can't. And then I remembered 30 seconds later that I can breathe through my nose. So I started trying to breathe through my nose and calm myself down. But dude, literally, and after I was done, I realized my cheeks were a little wet. And then Drew's like, dude, you have tears like streaming down your face. It was wild, dude. Like it was one of those moments where I'm like, I might die in front of in front of some some roomies right now. Wait, you didn't try breathing through your nose for half a minute? <laughs> no, I panicked. Dude, it's like when you're sitting there choking and dying and then you like breathe through your mouth and you can't because it feels clogged. Like I was like, I have to figure this out. I need to keep breathing, breathing. But I can't explain how the brain works when you're in those those life and death situations. Life and death. Oh, my God. That being said, though, I was thinking about Sublime. Okay, you referenced that in the last year. Like, oh, Sublime. And we might be doing Barbie here soon. And that's one of the best lines in the whole movie. Um the I was listening to a podcast with the Huberman. Are you familiar with the Huberman Lab? Mm -mm. Andrew Huberman. He does. He's a Stanford professor, and he does a lot of work and research. And I think it was neurobiology. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Very scientific. Uh, he had a guest, and they were talking about the sublime and about like this threshing, like this, this. It's the um, the the line between life and death can be a subliminal thing or like on the outskirts of what 
what on the outskirts of what we experience into something that's like different. I don't know. I can't explain it as right. I I'll find the episode and I'll let you guys know. That being said though, um I was I was listening to that podcast after the fact and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is what I what I felt like. Like I, I, when you come out of those things too, and I know I was like being somewhat dramatic, but dude, I'm I am a, I'm a dramatic person. But there was like a legitimate moment where I thought like, well, this is it. I'm gonna stop breathing. I'm done. Eric and I recorded our last podcast. I won't see him for Christmas. Wait, wait. What's so this whole story you're telling me, you don't have a cause. So it could very well happen again at any moment. I guess. I think because dude, I eat chili flakes all the time. And that's the only thing. I think it just was like over coughing and coughing and coughing like so many times. You couldn't catch your breath. It got irritated. Maybe my throat got irritated and just like momentarily swelled. I don't know. Because there was no food in my throat. It wasn't like I needed to be Heimlich. That's, I mean, like you said, your mind didn't go there to breathe through your nose. So like your body started to overreact or overcompensate. I mean, that's nuts that you actually thought you were going to die when you could, in reality, just breathe through your nose. Yeah. Well, I mean, even breathing through my nose was difficult. Oh, it was still difficult. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm good. It was like, (laughs) Like still labor. Like, it was still like labor breathing. Yeah. And then it took like, yeah, a little bit of time to like get re-regulated. But I legit was like, I can't. It's <laughs> like, this is terrifying. And that's why I know I have a lot of dark humor, but it's in those moments where I'm like, oh no, I still got a lot of life to live. I need to push through this. Cause I was terrified, dude. <laughs> that's kind of amazing, to be honest. It became like a spiritual experience for you. Yeah, a little bit. Like in the sense, like, well, that's the thing I think that was that held me in thought for so long was like. What, like, yeah, you like, what matters? What doesn't matter? What, not to be over, like, again, not to be overly dramatic, but like almost a reassessment. No, but I just been thinking about that of like these, you engage with life and thinking um, differently after I think some of those like big moments, whether it's life or death or anything, right? It's like you, um, I mean, there was a, we interviewed this guy uh, for another podcast, uh, shout out the pod father, Alex Sugg. And he, he would do this work with, um, I think it was the Patriots, the New England Patriots. And he would take some of the linemen and they would go do something really hard, like really, really difficult. And one of the things was uh, they swam like five miles underwater, but they would rotate. So one would go underwater, pick up a rock and walk the bottom of the ocean as far as they could. And then they'd swim up and they would rotate. The next person would go pick up the rock where he dropped it. And they would keep doing that over and over because these near, like these really difficult activities that they're doing really pushes you to these extremes. And it was a way to psychologically build your like brain to, for like resistance or perspective. So that way when you fumbled on the field, yes, it's important, but he's like, oh, it was a mistake. I fumbled the football during a game. That's not a big deal. I almost died last week, you know, carrying a rock through the ocean. And I don't know. There's something really cool about that. What do you think about, uh, have you, have you done all that? Do you do anything like that? That pushes you to the extremes to make you like, give you a different perspective on, on life and on the, on the mundane and the daily things. And yeah. I was thinking about when you were saying that, I don't know. I, have you ever watched friends? Uh, I've watched up to like, like an episode or two. Seven. There's an episode where like Joey Chandler and, um, Ross are in the back of a cop car doing a ride along and it sounds like a gunshot goes off and Ross like ducks, covers himself. And I think Joey, I may be butchering this. Sorry, Kelly, if I am sorry, babe. Um, But then, so Ross like hides himself in the car and then like Joey covers Chandler 
you know, like to protect him. And it's this like stupid okay. sitcom slow-mo. In the end, it turns out it was a car backfiring. It was not a gunshot. But they tell this story for days after I protected him. I saved his life. I would have. And it's so funny, but I always think about that episode in situations like this, because while you didn't die, Josh, and maybe you weren't even going to. No. Yeah, yeah. It's still the situation that like forces your brain to think, hey, this might be my last moment. So you're like where your mind goes is very interesting. What is that mm. thought? Oh, wait. And your thought, you just said you had a lot of life left. It's chili flakes. Chili might have been too hot. Like that, it could be as simple as that, but your mind still went to that place. So that episode of Friends is stupid and funny. It's just a sitcom, but it's, you know, it turned out to be a car backfiring. But in that moment, he's like, I thought it was a gunshot. And so whether or not it is actually life and death, whether or not it is that, like, I remember about two years ago, Kelly and I went to 10,000 Waves. It's a spa in Santa Fe. We were driving back and the snowstorm hit. And I've never in my life driven, if anybody knows La Bajada Hill coming from Santa Fe down to Albuquerque, it is in the snow, the most treacherous driving experience ever. And I thought for like, I, I had it in my mind. I had made up my mind we were going to get in a wreck. It was in my head. I was like, okay, when we crash, how do I react? It's just Kelly and I. And cars were sliding around us and I couldn't see the road. And we had an all wheel drive car, but it's just in my mind. I said, okay, will we wreck? Here's how I react. Do we have jackets? Like are our phones charged? And that's my mindset. And we made it out. And then as we're, it was about two, three miles of that. And then the rest of the ride to Albuquerque was clear. Hmm. But like in the moment you feel, yep. I'm like, okay, is if we wreck, if it's super serious, like, do we have a first aid kit? But in, the, and then when you're out of it, you're like, it was just some snow, right? Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> we're, we ended up coming back to Albuquerque, giving sushi, like, but in the moment it feels like your heart is racing and you feel this like, okay, all the worst case scenarios. Cause it was scary, man, but. No, it's interesting where your mind goes in those moments, whether they're real or not. And I think that's why all my life I've really enjoyed um, some kind of like physical activity or action kind of sport. Like I always love skateboarding because having a beer at the end of the day after skating or going mm. on a date with Kelly in college or hanging out with friends felt better. Yeah. I felt like not that I earned it, but satisfied. Like that stupid video of me falling that went on Instagram. <laughs> I like felt good that day. Yeah. I, I like, like, so I, that's why I like the adrenaline, I guess. Not that I'm going to die in these things, but like, yeah. man, a cold beer or kicking it on the couch, you know, with Kelly or, or for me, like at the end of the day, but if I've done some of that stuff first, where I had my adrenaline rushing and I almost got seriously injured, it feels good. I don't know how to explain it, but I think you explained it, right? Where you do something where you put yourself at risk and when you make it out, like the rest of your day feels more satisfying. Like that car ride home after that mm. stupid video. It was fun, man. My my tire was on the back broken. I was bleeding everywhere on my arm. But like the music hit different. Right. Like I, I picked up Paxson from school about two hours after that. And like I was just in a good mood. It's weird. Like it just yeah. felt good. Like so. And again, for, for different people, it's different things. But I think it is important to put yourself in different situations. I don't know, get your blood pump, get your blood flowing, like adrenaline. You don't always have to risk your life, but everything else feels and hits a little different when you've done something, I guess, risky or push yourself to the edge a little bit that day. You can't do it every day, but right? maybe no. you can. <laughs> right. I mean, even that guy we interviewed, um, he said he does it once a year and he doesn't post about it. He doesn't share it. He just does it once a year because yeah, I think there is this perspective and you don't want to do it all the time because I think yeah. then it then it becomes normal or like 
uh, it becomes familiar. But if you do it every periodic or have these experiences every now and then, it's this like ebb and flow, right? Or this um, back and forth of perspectives. Because yeah, it's like all of a sudden you picking up Paxson, you're not annoyed by the long line or the the yep. you know person that cut you off, or you're like waving at everyone. Thank you, crosswalk person. You know, keep thanks for keeping my kids safe, rather than being like the speed limit school zones, like five miles an hour. And now, you know, it just shifts. It shifts a lot. It's like, man, we have, and go ahead. I was just gonna say, we have refrigerated for cold beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, it's, like, it's overlooked all the time, dude, to have ice. And I know, and again, like I was saying, I'm being overly like excited about this idea. But when you do have those moments of like, I did flip over my handlebars, but I, I could, I could have got seriously hurt. I'm not. Or I'm eating, you know, a normal dinner and I almost just choked and died. Like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, like, oh my gosh, I have ice cubes at my disposable and fresh water. Like, And yeah, it just gives you this like, yeah, almost grounding perspective and it, it brings you back down to earth to be like, oh yeah, wait, what actually, what's actually good in my life and what actually matters? And the thing is too, like in your situation, you didn't plan that. Life threw it at you. Yeah. And it happened and you had that appreciation. And like, you know, like this guy you're talking about, he schedules it or or sets aside time to do it and both work. Both have, can have the same exact outcome where like it's like the snowstorm, right? We drove through it. I had no idea. We were just doing this like overnight date that turned into like this experience where, man, that was like, man, I was white knuckling it. We're having really serious conversation about what if something happened, life through that. Or you can plan to do something where you put yourself in that situation, but like, both can have that outcome of, would you say it was the the sublime, the subliminal the sublime. experience? Yep, the sublime. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I know, I I keep saying I don't remember his name, but I will find that episode. I'll put in the show notes as well as his cool. name, as well as that episode about um, the sublime. Uh, yeah, because it's fascinating. It was fascinating. But that being said, and speaking of sublime, and speaking of just the full spectrum of life and all of existence. What do you say we get into this, dude? Let's do it. All righty. So um, I watched this on Amazon Prime and the Amazon Prime description says everything everywhere all at once is directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Scheinert. Collectively known as the Daniels, the film is a hilarious, big-hearted sci-fi action adventure about an exhausted Chinese-American woman, Michelle Yeoh, who can't seem to finish her taxes which is an interesting description considering the content. Um, yeah, she can't finish her taxes, but there is a whole lot more in that um, in that uh, description there. So uh, everything everywhere at once on Rotten Tomatoes has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 403 reviews, 5,000 audience scores of 86%. And on IMDb, it is a 7.8. It received, dude... Uh, it won seven Oscars, but it has one, two, 11 nominations. It was it won Best Screenplay. Be it got nominated for Original Score, nominated for Best Original Song. It won for Best Picture and 20. This is all 2023 um, awards at the uh, at the Oscars. Best. It won Best Directing. Michelle Yeoh got, you know, uh, leading role. Uh, Stephanie Hsu got nominated for Supporting Actress, which I think she could have easily won. It did go to her um, her colleague in this film, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Ki-Hui Kwan won Best Supporting Actor. Dude, he like took a hiatus. This is star This is starring 
him for the first time. And well, he did a film like a year before that, but it was been like 20 years since this little short span of, of acting. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I love this movie. I'm going to say it now. 1992 is, I mean, again, for the 2021, but yeah, since 1992, he hasn't. That is bananas. Is that wild? Yeah, he's like Michelle seven Yeoh. movies on his IMDb. He has seven movies? Maybe a few more. Yeah. And I also love that um, he was in Encino Man with Brendan Fraser. And then they both, when they came back, they both they both uh, had a disappearance in acting and they both won awards the for the films that, were, you know, where they came back. Um, for their comeback, which is suit just it's I don't know, insane. incredible. But so, uh, well, yeah, well, this was a rewatch for you for sure. So, what was your feeling the second time around versus the first? Oh, dude. Okay, so I got to be honest with you. This is not this is like my like maybe sixth. So this movie is the the movie I've seen the most out of any movie in theaters. I watched it. Uh, the first time I watched it was like when it came out in 2022, and I was in shambles. Like I watched it and I felt like my life was unraveling. Like, like I personally was falling apart and I don't know what to do. So I had to go back and watch it again so I can see if I can manage piecing it back together. And then I watched it a third time. And then when it came back or after the Oscar season, it came back in theaters a year later. I watched it then. And so this is, yeah, like my, I would say like fifth or sixth time watching it through. And what has changed? Wow. A whole lot, dude. No, <laughs> I feel like I learned something new every single time, but this is your... Second time. Second, yep. Okay, and I do I do try to pick, at least for my picks, um, I try to pick movies that I haven't seen before or at least Eric hasn't seen before. And in this case, we both had seen it. But, dude, every time I watch it, there's just different things that stand out. And there is, yeah, it, it just has so much going on. It is so packed with so many different things and ideas and characters and storylines. Um, I read... I read something that said this movie is one of the very few movies. I mean, there's plenty of movies, but this movie, there's no empty scenes. There's no empty lines. Like everything is packed with mm. context. And again, yeah, so I might need to watch it again. Because the second time around, it was like a brand new movie to me. Because the really? first time I was trying to keep, I don't know, keep up, keep track too much that I think I lost a lot of the meaning like the meaningful conversations that were had in some of the scenes, I was trying to keep track of timelines more than anything. Almost like, you know, Marvel movies, right? There's timelines and, and universes and across the Spider-Verse. And that's where my mind took it, I think the first time I had watched it. And, because I didn't, when did it initially come out? Spring of 22? Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't, I hadn't watched it until, I think, summer of 2022. So anyways, it had been over a year for me. So it was oh, like wow. a complete, oh yeah, man. It, so basically brand new to me that so it was but yeah i like that because yeah every scene every line every conversation is just packed it's like from start to finish yeah it 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 really is dude and i i i um yeah march 11 2022 sorry i was looking at okay the date okay when it yeah it came out uh in march of 2022 um yeah, dude, and as always, we're gonna ruin and spoil this whole movie. So heads up. But yeah, yes. dude. So yeah, this this the the premise of this movie is. I mean, if I could explain it or say it somewhat succinctly, <laughs> there she's trying to do her taxes. She's having struggles, but then it turns out there's this thing, the multiverse, and there's a bunch of different versions of people living different lives. And it's almost as if every de every decision we we make in our life 
So instead of going left, we go right. There's another version of that. There's a If I go right in my life, there's a universe out there where I actually went left, which isn't the craziest you know, diversion. But then as it keeps fracturing and splintering off, all of a sudden you have all these different versions of yourself living in all these different universes. And then her husband, so Evelyn Wang is the main character played by Michelle Yeoh. Her husband, Waymond, he in another universe comes into this, the movie verse. This is going to get confusing, dude. Um, <laughs> and they can like jump. They call it verse jumping. And they can like tap into other universes and then use the different skill sets and, and abilities and knowledge from that universe in their current universe. And Evelyn and Waymond are trying to, well, Evelyn is the key to saving the world and saving all of existence. And yeah, like you're saying, it's, it just has so much and it is so jam packed every scene, every piece of dialogue, and it all builds on each other. I think like everything is so, so foundational to the story. Um, all the way from like her, the opening scene, like the mirror of them being happy and then they're portaled through the mirror. Like I think that that is such a great opening shot to to just very briefly just touch that we are going to be portaled through realities. Like there is, there, there, that mirror is reflecting a certain reality where the three of them, Waymond, her daughter Joy, and Evelyn are happy and smiling, right? And then all of a sudden they disappear and then the camera like just steady shots through the mirror, it almost does like tell you like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Like there's different realities. There's different reflections of different realities. And we're going to portal you as the audience into all these different universes, um, which is nuts. It's completely, yeah, insane. But Eric, tell me, tell me some of the things that held you in thought. Like what are some, as your second watch, you say it's your, like one of your, it feels like watching it for the first time all over again. What are the things that held you in thought from this movie. Oh, that is so tough. I uh it it's so interesting to me like the idea cuz I think in across the spider-verse you talk about this like, you know, we we had certain conversations about different paths and different journeys, but this is so interesting because a lot of rem, remind me the terminology that they use but like Evelyn in one universe, you know, was skilled in martial arts and, and in another universe skilled in XYZ. So where it's like what you said, the smallest decision can alter your life in dramatic ways or small ways where you're still very similar. I don't know. The idea that, oh, here's the other thing. Sorry, my mind's all over the place. I was like looking at notes and trying to think of what I wanted to talk about. Um, their, like the different relationships um, at the end where, what did he say? What's like the, 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 it's the famous line where he says, in another life, I would love to just be doing laundry and taxes with you. Yes. I melted unlike any, that's where I was trying to go. I met unlike any other movie before. And another thought that came to mind in that moment too was like, because that was the successful Waymond, the, su or yeah. the successful, I'm so sorry, Evelyn and Waymond, the yep. most successful ever. But it's almost like this concept of the grass isn't always greener. Because I think that so many people in life will think that if at this time I had only done this, if I'd only you know, gone this route, taking this job, taking this leap, I'd be somewhere else other than here. And a lot of people may not feel satisfied with where they're at, but I liked that because that was this full circle moment of like, man, because when she saw herself in that universe for the first time, she'd never experienced anything like that, right? Like a successful Evelyn. And Evelyn, yep. you know, the camera's paparazzi. But that line at the end, it's like, at the end of the day, all the out of all the universes, because what do you say? You've broken my heart again. 
Mm-hmm. But in another life, you know, I'd, I'd love to just be doing laundry and taxes with you. Um, the grass isn't always greener. You think, oh, I should have been somewhere else. And I think that so many people get caught up in that and wrapped up that they're not enjoying their present. Not that in real life I'm saying there's other universes, but their present reality versus what could have been or what should be even in the future. I, that, I, I, there's a full, we, we talked about this. This is a completely full movie because I cried quite a bit, man. Like that scene, that was, that melted me. Dude, yes. Yeah, no, I, dude, I agree. I agree with a lot. Dude, that's like my favorite. I think maybe it's hard to say what my favorite, favorite scene is. Um, it's w- definitely one of my favorite scenes. Um, and I think just the first time I heard it melted. And then the second time, the, the as I keep, wa- it never lost, it never lost impact for me. Like, I think, mm. I think that because I think some of the things that people were saying or I've heard with in conversation is this movie is very much about like nihilism, like nothing matters. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and which feels very like not, I don't know, not hopeful, but I think this movie is very much so not that. Like, I think it's because, like, don't get me wrong, it's still, it does communicate this message of almost like, hey, nothing matters. But that means the only thing that can matter or does matter is what you choose. And kind of like what you're saying about like the grass is always greener. I think there's a there's a lot of truth to that. I'm sure there's I think there's maybe a song or rap song. There's a lot of references to this idea, right? Where it's like, like, no, the 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 grass is greener like where you're the, you're watering it. Like the only yeah. grass you have is the grass beneath your feet. And I think about yeah, I think about that line. The first thing when you were sharing all that, I was thinking about the uh, the giver, the book. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I've read the book. And there's a line that says, "There could be love," and I think about that of like the grass could be green, and in the same way there could be love. In the same way that that he's saying that, like, hey, in a li- another lifetime, we don't need all of this because she does. I think that's why it's so important. Like all the different scenes and dialogue all stack on each other because they open up with doing all these taxes and laundry and she is so stressed. And I think it's mm. this, this narrative and expectation of who she's supposed to be as a, as an immigrant, as a business owner, as a family person, as a wife, as a mom. And she has all of these like, na- like these narratives that are already written of what the kind of life she's supposed to live. And he just is so happy and he's so kind, right? The, and a the daughter too. Right. Like as a daughter too, right? Because the dad that was oh, yes, the tension right. that he enjoyed. Because which is so fun because when you're introduced to her and at her age, you think like, oh, that goes it goes away over time, or once you start having kids. But it's like for her, no. Every single hat that she wore caused stress in a different way, like you said. And even as a daughter, when her dad is ancient. And so yeah, that's you're right. There's there's probably so many songs that allude to that, but and I think I agree with you too, because obviously that's joys character story about the like the nihilism i wouldn't say yeah i don't think i got that from the whole movie i felt hopeful and i've it's like seeing wayman's character it's like man are you aspire to be that in those stressful moments to have that joy and he's talking about being kind um and not to take away from the fact that she was stressed sure absolutely but yeah there's unlike this movie there isn't even grass on the other side the grass you have is what you have the life that you live is the decisions you've made have led you here it's up to you to make the choices um, to and, and you choose the perspective that you have on it. It's not like the movie where there actually are other <laughs> Right. 
Well, no, right? And dude, that's what's funny because that's what the first the first time when I left the theater, I watched this movie by myself, left the theater, drove home, and was like, I thought exactly that. Like, what if I'm living the worst life possible? Like, what if this version of Josh? And like you're saying, there is none. Like, there is no other version, or at least that I know of, right? Like, I think it's string theory. I could be saying some wildness right now that it's not, but there's this idea, you know, I think that's, anyways, I don't know if there's other universes, but the, I came home and I was like, what if, what if, what if that's me? Because he says that I think Wayman, Alpha Wayman. So Alpha was the mm-hmm. universe that first discovered that you can jump, you can jump verse, you can go, there's all these universes, right? And then her daughter, Joy, who has another name called Jobu Tapaki, where she has become this, this uh, quote unquote, like villain or uh, is the antagonist of the movie where she's kind of eliminating existence and she's searching and killing all the, the Evelyn's. Um, mm. And so that's another reason, right? Evelyn's very important. She's being hunted down. All these different versions of Evelyn's are being, are being um, killed. Alpha Wayman tells Evelyn in the movie, the movie's original main universe that she is living the worst version of herself. And that's why, that's why she's so important. And, and so when I left that theater, I was like, yeah, what if I'm living the worst version of myself? What if this sucks? What if I made all the wrong decisions? What can I actually do with my life? Is my life meaningful? Does my life have purpose? Do my choices have any meaning or purpose? And what direction? And if I'm already living the worst life, is there even any other decisions I can make that are going to help me get to a better life? Like all, anyways, my head was spinning. So I went and watched it again. And I think that's when like some of the other concepts really just stuck even more and glued, glued myself back together when I realized, oh yeah, wait, hang on. Remember the laundry and taxes line. Remember that yeah. like that could be just as important. Cause you know how Evelyn says something like, I saw my life without you and it was mm-hmm, beautiful. Yeah. Hurtful, dude, right? Oh, oh daggers. I for, yep, that was brutal. Right? But, and at the same time, though, I think maybe it's different because, you know, I'm, I'm a single person, but I'm like, at the same time, I don't blame her in the sense of like what, like when you feel those feelings of like what could be, it's a much easier for me to, it's again, like to say like it's better over there. So I don't blame her for saying that. I don't blame her for saying like, this is really tough and that's easy. And I think that's what's so cool about this movie is working through this. It's like, yes, I saw my life without you and it was beautiful and I'm living my life here and it can be beautiful. And then she makes it beautiful by the end of it. So I think that that bridge and rewatching it over and over really helped me piece all of those pieces together. Um, and by the way, and the thing is, kind is of a, she, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say a side tangent is, is that I, you were saying that's like your favorite line and you melted by it. Laundry and taxes is I, I'm trying to make it the title of my thesis for my for my master. Real life. Real life. In yeah, real I, life. Not in the other Josh universe. No, in this universe, because in my mind, I was like, nothing matters. So let's do things that are fu- like, like, I'm going to take this serious and not serious at the same time. And the only thing that's important is what I what I give importance to is going to make it important. So I can name my paper laundry and taxes subtitle blah 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 and it'd be fine and it's gonna because yeah. this this movie is gonna be a big part of my thesis but um anyways you're gonna say something that's awesome no i was just thinking i think the dangerous thing too and in this movie is she got a glimpse 
of what her life looked like without him. She didn't actually live that life. Mm. And so it's like, it may look beautiful on the outside, but experiencing it alone. And so like, you know, I, I was reading some commentary on like, cause you know, this had, this covered like everything, right? It's a mother daughter relationship, generational issues with her dad, but also like the concept of soulmates. And that, you know, that's the other thing that was interesting is he was still in her life somehow in that other life where they, where they weren't together. Um, but yeah, it was just a glimpse. She caught a glimpse of what it could look like. But yeah, it's it's like what you said when you watched it the second time. You realized, oh wait, I I like what you just said though. You what you give importance to is what's important. I've I used to have a really hard time going to sleep stressed about something the next day, like something that was completely out of my control. I couldn't do anything about it to the next day. And then it's like I I'm the one who makes that decision in my mind to worry. I can choose not to. And again, easier said than done. There's, there's a million other issues, but like, I've really gotten better at that. Like where my energy goes mentally, like I'm not present where I am. And then if I'm, I'm extra frustrated with the people I'm around, whether at work or at home with the family, because I, I was like that because my mind was elsewhere. It's like, well, if I can't control it, I can choose what, where my energy goes. So like you said earlier, you choose where you water your grass, you choose what's important to you. And the hardest thing is I think when other people don't label that as important too, it's, it's like, it, should that be important to you right now, Josh? Is that really important to you? It's like, well, if to Josh it's important, then it's important, right? Like it's not, uh, that's good. I like that. What, what you choose to make important is what is actually important. Not what other people label or we've talked about this a couple of times, but what should be happening in Josh's life right now. I'm doing air quotes for those who yeah. can't see this video. <laughs> No, yeah, dude, and that's that's a great transition into the another part that really stood out for me is the line at the end in the laundromat where they're throwing um the party and Evelyn tells her dad that it's okay if you're not proud of me because finally I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that stood out because of that reason, like you're saying. Like it's important to Josh. So therefore it is important. Or like I don't need yeah, the, these expectations and narratives, like, and it has been a theme on, on a couple episodes and a couple movies, which I think also, dude, kind of speaks to a lot of um, the a, a function of movies. Like, I I read mm. I read somewhere about art being a a way to be subversive to the dominant culture. So, like, art is a has historically and continues to be a way to subvert dominant cultures that can kind of. Um, that play into structures and in, in, in systems that involve power dynamics, right? And so, mm. and I think, and I think, like in this case, right, where where Evelyn is her dad's her dad's uh, daughter, and so there's a power structure there, a power dynamic between a father and a kid, and how she feels that she's expected to live and what she needs to do to to win the the honor and the and the proudness of a father, right? And I think yeah. that that line was just so cool for me to hear in that same sense of like, I don't know. I think being proud of myself is the most important thing instead of trying to get affirmation and and being proud uh, from other, like want other people to do that because then I think that's exactly how I start living a life that is not my own. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Do you? Where do you find yourself in your life when it comes to that? Do you find 
yourself? Like, are you in a place where you're like, I'm just proud of me. And I, now I feel a lot of freedom in that. And I'm sure it's not as, as black and white as I, uh, as I'm about to ask this question. I'm sure we, we may, we may move back and forth through each space, but, um, is that something you've, you've, you've dealt with in your life? Is that something where you're at now where you're like seeking for outside affirmation or for other people to be proud of you in your decisions and the way you live your life? Or are you in a place where you're like, no, for the most part, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself and what I'm doing. This is so dumb, but I, I really started to think about this. I think it was a year ago. I made a, there was a TikTok trend about like 14 year old me. And it was like the girl that I ended up marrying. And it was like, you know, this like, it was supposed to be this funny joke, but I really started to think about that. Like it just, it, it initially started as like, oh, right. Like 13 year old me would have been stoked to have married Kelly, like seeing who I eventually ended up with. But then my mind started wandering at that time of like, what about everything else in my life? Right? Mm. Like where I am, what I'm doing. And then, yeah, then you, I really started to realize like that is, it's so weird. And maybe it's a juvenile way to look at things. But I think about this a lot in the sense of like the way I treat the kids, the way I treat the people around me would like younger me be proud of that in the sense mm. of like, the way I was talked to or talked down to or treated in ways that I didn't appreciate, approve of, or I saw people treat each other that I didn't like growing up. And I apply that now, right? Like, so I, I tend to operate in this way. I think we've talked about it here before. Is like, I, I don't believe people disagree. And maybe we, I think we've talked about it, that there's neutral um, interactions with other humans. I believe it's positive or negative, dramatic or, or not. And so like, I don't know, I just feel like as a kid, like I look at myself as like a, as, as a child, would I be proud of the way I treat my kids? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Would I be bummed out by the way I talk to them? Would like younger Kelly be happy with the man that she ended up marrying when she's older? Like, am I respectful to her? Do I treat her in this way that like the younger version of her would be proud to? I don't know. Maybe that's like a really simplistic way to look at things. But after that TikTok, man, my mind went wild. Like, Oh yeah, I would have been so excited because of like Kelly's so hot. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, what about everything else? Am I like, am I kind? It, it, do like, do how do I treat my friends? How do I treat other people? And so, I think about that often. I think about younger me often. Would Eric be proud of the way that mm. I talk to my kids, or discipline my kids, or love my kids, or play with them? I'm like, and then I catch myself at times like, literally just earlier this morning, Ellie wanted to play, and I was like, baby, we're in a rush, and I was like this is so weird, but I was like, she literally just wants five minutes of my undivided attention to play with her Barbies in her Barbie house. As a kid, I wanted that all the time. So let me give her five minutes. That's, that's what we had. And that's what I did. So like, yeah, I do. I think back quite a bit to like juvenile Eric, young Eric, would I be proud of the person I am today? And I can't always say that that's true. Um, but it's, it's often on my mind when I do stuff. Um, that's a, that's a, I don't know. That's a good topic. That's a, that a good question. How about you? Like, you said that that's how you frame stuff in the, that's all that matters is Josh. But do you think you made your younger self proud or you would have? You know, I, th I mean, I think it's going it, to, that, that kind of question, I know it's loaded too, because I think it's a life, it's going to be a sure. lifelong journey, right? So um, yeah. I kind of set us both up for, you know, good conversation, but maybe also failure in a lot of ways. But, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think the reason why I asked that question and the reason why I'm thinking about it is because I'm I'm making that connection of of Evelyn 
speaks a lot to like, yeah, like this isn't the life I wanted to live, but she's trying to live mm. the life that everyone wanted her to do or expected her to do, right? Like, um, and so, you know, making her decision to leave, making her decision to start a family, own a business and and have kids and, and or have a kid. And yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, all these different um, variables kind of shift on, in those stories and expectations, right? Where she's just trying to make her dad proud. She's trying to be a wife. She's trying to be successful. She's trying to be supportive, even though like culturally and it, she has a harder time with Joy having a girlfriend than in, because they make a comment too about like, you know, hey, I, 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 I deal with it okay. And, you know, you, and she's mm. a white, she's a white girlfriend. You know, not a lot of uh, Chinese mothers would be okay with that. And then Joy makes the comment, yeah. you know, she's half Mexican. And then and <laughs> they're, they're just, they're just, you know, they go back and forth in these things and she's trying to be supportive. But yet, then you see the way that, that Waymond supports her and how excited the girlfriend's name is Becky. And you'd be like, Becky, oh my God, you know, call, call me by my first name. And Evelyn's like, call me. Uh, Mrs. Wong. And so like there, you can see the the different relationships, right? And so my point of all that with myself is, is just noticing like, you, I, I see Evelyn living her life based on what everyone else expects of her to live and she's not enjoying it. And then her finding freedom at the end where she's like, I'm choosing this. When she tells, Joy says, hey, you can literally be anywhere else you can be anywhere else in the world with whoever you want. Why are you staying? Why are you choosing me? Why are you doing this? And she's like, you're right. You know, she rattles off like, I hate your tattoos and I don't like these things and family's not yeah. perfect and all this stuff about her life. And, but she's like, but I'm choosing this. And I think that's kind of where I've gotten of like in my own life where would younger, younger, like you're going full circle back to your question, would younger Josh be proud of me? In some ways, I think yes, but dude, I think at the core, maybe not, because I think, mm -hmm. I think I had a lot of passions when I was younger as a kid that I kind of stopped, not full like some of them I stopped pursuing, and some of them I just didn't nurture. Uh, like I know I've always been in creative spaces, but dude, I used to like really, really enjoy writing, and I used to like I used mm -hmm. to write in these like in elementary school, I'd I'd submit to these like short story competitions and stuff, and I in in second grade I even won one, and they got like a theater group to come and perform it. And that was a, I remember, it just felt good. I was like, I wrote a story and yeah. someone literally brought it to life. And I think over these last, you know, few decades or not even a few, two decades. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's been a lot of deviation from some of those things, right. Where I'm like, I feel, I, I feel very much so like the, the Evelyn who, who is, you know, a star, a movie star, not that I'm a movie star, but wanting to pursue that. Like, oh, I saw yeah. that life and it was beautiful. And I'm starting to realize like, yeah, like, I don't know. The important things are the things that I enjoy and want to do, like laundry and taxes for for Waymond in that tuxedo rich Evelyn movie star life, right? Where I think I'm having that conversation with myself where there's another part of myself saying, hey, Josh, you know, in another world, I would have been very... I would have loved to just write stories with you and mm. I, or in another world, I would have loved to just pursue like, dude, I did, I did, uh, I was in plays in elementary school I'm trying to remember if I actually enjoyed them, but I did have to memorize lines and I was in the, the phantom toll booth. I don't know if you remember that book, uh, as an no. elementary school kid. Um, and 
yeah, I think there's a lot of different lives that I could have lived. Maybe I would have leaned more into the art world and maybe not. I have no idea, but I think a lot of things I've done in the last decade, a decade and a half have been because I was trying to make other people proud. And I'm not sure how many of those people were me. And I'm not sure how many of those people were the inner child, the inner Josh. Um, and What's so, interesting yeah. that you say that, like, so, you know, and I think about that when Evelyn comes to that realization, well, she could have gone in A, B, C, D paths, but she's here now, so she makes the choice to make the best of it. But like, in a situation, the job I'm in is not one younger me would be stoked on. Like, realistically, right? Where I'm working, but would younger me be proud of who I am at that job? Am I having fun? Am I making the most of it? Or did I become this? I used to love that Sum 41 song where, and I we, we did karaoke night the other night for Christian Venegas' birthday. Shout out, Christian. Happy birthday. Shout out. Most handsome. And it, one of the, Sum 41, In Too Deep, and there's a part, maybe it's not even In Too Deep, where he's like, I'll never fall in line, become another victim of conformity. I used to love oh, yeah. that as a kid, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And here I am like at a corporate job. <laughs> so like, as like, no, my younger me would be like, Eric, why, why do you dress up for work? What kind of job are you in, right? <laughs> but like, I think younger me would be happy that I'm still a little bit dumb. Like, I, I, I don't take myself too seriously yet. At least, yeah. Like, I'm not going to wood that that never happens. But like, so yeah, it's interesting. We're like, yeah, there are certain points where you said for you, man, I, there is a part that's like, I could have done this, but I've made the choices that got me here. While I'm here, would I be proud with, of, of what I'm doing with where I'm at, right? Because like the marriage, the kids, couldn't, couldn't have pictured it like this. The job, million other jobs I probably could have wanted and would have wanted, but like as, while I'm in this job, that's not dream job or not one that young me would be stoked about. That would have probably turned and ran the other way if they heard there was a job fair for this job, right? Like that kind of thing. But did I turn into someone that I, as a kid, would have not enjoyed or hated like this corporate hack dick? No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, right? And so, yeah, you know, well, yes, while you're where you're at, are you as a person? So yeah, interesting. That's, you're right. Yeah, and I think that's really cool that you bring that up about conformity and then how you're, how younger you is, we're like, don't conform, don't fall in line. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel like you are, but you're actually not. Cause I think in a lot of ways too, you're teaching younger Eric, like, look, you, you, you can still live the nine to five corporate job narrative, but you get to write it. Like you're saying, it, it like, I can still yep. be dumb or I can still be silly or not take myself serious any nine to five. Like I think conformity can look like in a different, a lot of different ways. And it isn't the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Cause I would tell myself that all the time, dude, where I'm like, I don't want a nine to five. And I've, I haven't really worked a nine to five since like 2013 or something. Yeah. Um, and at the same time though, dude, for the majority of my like self-employed life, these last few years, I'm like, I only want to work between the hours of nine to five. <laughs> Which, but yours is self-imposed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so I think I think oftentimes it's not really it's not really like don't be like for me it wasn't like hey don't hate on nine to five just because you it's you want to be I don't know contrarian to that but I think it just goes down to like what you're saying like you get to write this narrative like this cor corporate jobs is a part of the story of you marrying this woman that you love and creating a family and loving those kids and this job makes it possible. And so I think yeah. that's another way of like the saying laundry and taxes, right? 
It's like, yeah, hey, exactly. that, it doesn't matter. I don't need, I don't need to, you know, be wearing fancy clothes right now, ripping heaters in the back alley in a three-piece tuxedo or whatever. It's, it, he's like, I could easily just been in a laundromat doing our thing. Um, yeah. And I don't know. And I love that aspect of Wayman, dude. Wayman did the whole like kindness and love is how I fight. That's just such a, that's such a cool going back to like, it's uh, the only things that are important are what you make it. And I think that kindness and love guiding a little bit of that, um, importance, the importance of life is, is, a an important thing for our world. Like our, not like the movie world, not the multiverse, but literally like our world here is trying to, I don't know, at least that's something I've been trying to figure out how to go about, um, which is difficult because I'm not the nicest. Yeah. And there's times where I'm not the most loving. So, uh, or the kindest, right? So, um, trying to figure all that out, but dude, okay. One of the things I thought was hilarious about this movie is all the little references, like pop culture references, the raccoonie with ratatouille, right? The, oh, instead of yeah. a mouse being on the head, it's a raccoon and they got that mixed up, but there's a universe where that exists where a raccoon is, you know, controlling a, a chef at a hibachi grill. And then you can hear the Super Smash Brothers scream, you know, when you do up B. I think it's up oh, B. Oh, yeah. And it goes, yeah. It, that punch, you can hear the scream. And then one of the other things that I thought I didn't notice until this this last watch is when he goes, hey, don't worry, this is a burner uni universe. It's a burner verse where we used to communicate. That's Dude, incredible. I died. I was like, that's such a quick little like quip of like pop culture reference of having a burner because the burner phones burner accounts and so yep. my question to you is <laughs> dude have you ever had a burner maybe not a burner phone don't incriminate yourself because i know no, i'm just kidding not that you used to sling um any illegal things ever but and so uh, did you ever have like even a burner account in terms of social media i think i had multiple facebooks and a second myspace <laughs> when i opened up the account <laughs> What would you have a burner MySpace for? So that one can have your real MySpace song that you actually wanted and the other one has the one where it's like, oh no, this one's going to make me cool. A thousand percent. Because I I was embarrassed of my taste in music. So it oh, wasn't wait, my actual serious? picture. Yeah. Well, I was joking. <laughs> oh, good for no, me. It's like I know you or something. I don't think I did Facebook like intentionally. I think I just lost the password but had multiple accounts and would like, but never like the current socials. I don't think I did. MySpace was probably the only real one. That is so funny. It was like a goth hardcore like rock page with like the Volcom okay. icon as my yep. picture. Like that, you know? I don't know why I thought that wasn't cool. That's pretty like hell yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I should have just rocked it. But anyways, <laughs> do you? I've never had a burner phone. That's for sure. I know. I was going to say, I don't think we have, I don't think we're in, we're in the right either industry or uh, tax bracket to have multiple cell phones. Um, no, absolutely. But except, dude, you you have like the inverse of a burner phone. Remember, you had like three corporate phones at one time. <laughs> That's right. I, oh man, I'm so. I used to I give you a hard time that anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I say like. I was like, Eric, give me your phone. You my tax my phone? dollars, my tax dollars go to that. Let me search it. Let me use your phone. Um, no, dude, I never, I don't think I ever had a, a, a burner account. Like I have a bunch of, of accounts that I've made and I have like commit to the bit burner emails, but, uh, cause I thought it would be funny to tell people like, Hey, contact my people. They're like, how I said, email Josh's people at gmail.com or, uh, 
justjoshresearch at gmail.com. Like That's I have a incredible. list of a, 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 but there weren't like burner in the sense of like I was using them in the context of a burner account. Um, I only had one MySpace, only had one Facebook, but um, but I just found it a, a a fascinating a fascinating concept. I'm even trying to think. I almost did a Twitter. I think I think there was a time where. Uh, I thought it would be fun to to have a burner Twitter account, but um, I never did that. There's there's some people going around trying to make a, a Josh's hair Twitter account, and they were going to tweet from the perspective of my hair. But I don't think that's 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 more of a not a parody, but it's not so much a burner as much as it's Wait, a, a I love that idea. Burst. <laughs> dude, don't don't chip in onto this, dude. Who who who's who's involved with this? I'd like to fund the project. I'll be an early angel <laughs> investor. Your seed round of funding will come from me. Oh, dude, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't want to give you names of 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 people. Um, no, I think I think one. Of, I think it was Alex Sugg was the where it first started. Um, and if it wasn't Alex, um, my bad. But I think it was Alex. And then there's some people at at, at school who are on board with this. And now I have you. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see where it goes. But um. Yeah, no burner account. But I, for some reason, I thought maybe you were, uh, you were going to be. Uh, I had an, uh, a feeling that you were a burner, burner social Something. media account person. What else from the movie? What else uh, is on your mind, dude? There's just, I mean, dude, there, <laughs> there's so much, dude. Um, dude, I just thought even, even the, just there's so many like little one liners, dude, that I think just go so hard, like the. The Rakakuni guy, where he says uh, he's he, when so in the universe with his raccoon, he gets exposed by Evelyn, and then they take away his 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 raccoon, you know, because it's health code violation. You can't have a raccoon inside of a, a kitchen, and he's outside crying. And Evelyn at this point is going through that that fa- after she talks to Wayman, and Wayman says like be kind, let's be kind, let's be gentle or like, like love. And that's the mm. way we fight. So then she starts fighting through that, right? You know, it's that whole sequence where she's correcting people. Um, that one guy, she sprays the perfume from from his uh, deceased wife and then he smells it and then he gets brought back. And he's like, oh yeah, I love my wife. And then he stops fighting them or that one guy has a chiropractic issue. So she cracks his neck and adjusts him and he's like, thank you. And like, so she starts like, you know, no longer just like, fighting them to defeat them to get to her daughter, but she's like defeating them through letting them know whatever it is that they're hurting from. Um, and so the Rakakuni guy is sitting down on the curb and he's super sad. And he said, I'm alone and I'm useless. Oh, Eric, you are gone, dude. You just zapped on out of here. So for the people who can't see, um, I Eric lost you. just decided to I later me. Just said peace, um, mid conversation, mid sentence. So we'll see if he gets, she jumps back in. But um, I don't. Oh, and I'm also on Do Not Disturb. So oh, he just texted me. Said I lost you. Now Eric's worried that it's not recording. That would be a big bummer. I'd be so sad. I would probably cry. I'd probably give up. I'd probably give up on all of this. No longer make any more episodes. Oh, he's back in. He's We're back, back baby. In. Dude, I don't even know. I guess it's still recording. I have no idea. Yeah, it shows an hour and seven minutes on my side. Oh, praise the lamb, dude. I was about to be real sad, dude. 
I had been talking to the audience this last, you know, few minutes as you disappeared. And I was saying, I was like, I might quit this whole podcast if it's not recording. You but, son of a gun. Dude, no. Okay. So what I was saying though, now that you're back and uh, we, it seems like we have better connection. Um, but yeah, the Rakakuni guy says something along the lines, I'm alone. Now I'm useless. And then Evelyn said, we are all useless alone. Dude, that like, that ripped, wow. that ripped deep, dude. Um, and that, and, and and again, this is more. I don't. I don't want to put this on everybody. This is my connection to this movie and this line. The reason why I personally was just like, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's. I even though I am like, I'm not just talking like partnership and life companion and getting married and all that stuff, or even just dating, because I don't really do one of those four things I just named. Um, I even just in general, like just friends and community and people. And uh, I definitely do feel useless. <laughs> I feel useless alone, even though I'm surrounded by really, you know, good people. And they would probably shout at me like, Josh, you're not useless at all. Stop thinking that way. But there's times where I think that where I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just so useless and I'm useless alone. But I'm not useless in a with a, a group of people or a community of people um, helping me and like it often, like sometimes maybe I do feel like it's cheating where, you know, I feel like I do have a raccoon, you know, metaphorically on my head, helping me meet, move through life and do these things. But I think, I don't know, isn't that what life, like, isn't that part of the beauty of life sometimes? Like, that's what I was thinking is in, in the universe where she saw her life without Waymond, it was beautiful. But if she were to actually live that life, she would miss the experience that with him. And I think that, yeah, again, in this context, it's their marriage that was initially falling apart. And like, but for, for, for you right now, for other people, like it's just being together with others. And that's what matters. Yeah. And life is more beautiful with people when you enjoy it with people. And I completely agree. I think, I think we're built as human beings and created for that. And, and whatever that looks like for individual people at any given point in their life, that that's my opinion. Like, and I'll die on that hill, you know, and I know it's okay to have I don't know. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. And I like my alone time. I don't get me wrong, but at the sure, same time, yeah. you know, people are like, hey Josh, why don't you live on your own? And I'm like, in this economy? No. But <laughs> I I am frugal, but but I think more than that too, I like just like roommates. Like I like living with with other people because I think they help me. I hope I help them. I feel less useless. I hope they, you know, I can feel useful in in their community. And so um And I think like obviously you're not useless alone. Like that's yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. not true and your friends are right in saying that. But like, the, I I don't know. I love sharing things and having conversation. It's, you know, and again, you're right. You're alone time and people are alone time, especially people with really stressful, busy lives or even large families like that. Are, it's rare for people to get alone time. I understand yeah. that. But I'll always refer to 50 Cent's line. You know, when he's like, <laughs> Sonny, Sonny, when he said, you know, we talked about it in uh, that one movie where it was, joy wouldn't feel so special if it wasn't for pain sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain and it's like you think your alone time doesn't feel satisfying if you don't have that other community and people time that balance man come on 50 cent you're, always has words for a podcast you're telling me you 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 don't have notes dude you're telling me you didn't just read that that that's just off the heart <laughs> off the heart 50 cent shout out Shout out 50 Cent, our friend, I believe was the episode that we talked about that. But, but, and I think, yeah, dude, I think 
the theme or at least something I'm pulling out of, and maybe this is just because of a lot of the work I'm doing outside of this podcast has a lot to do with narratives. But like, I think that there's a lot of truth. To, like that, that is a good theme or some, a theme that I pulled out this last watch is just all the narratives of like, like you're saying, like, obviously it's, you're not useless alone, but like, I think what that's speaking to, we're all useless alone is another version or another story that we could be living that like, it's okay it's okay to need other people to move through life. Like it's okay to need your metaphorical raccoonie, you know, sitting on your head, helping you get through your day. Right. And I think that, that, that is, yeah. that's an okay thing. And cause that leads into the other line that I think that really I held on to, And I never heard until this, this last watch, there's a line that says, right is a tiny box invented by people who are afraid. Mm. And yeah, I just love that line. Like, yeah, right is a tiny box invented by people who are afraid. Like, what is the right way to live? What is the right way to be 32? What is, and again, we're harping, we're sending like a broken record now with all these episodes talking about our our lives and how we ought to live. But I think that that, that, that was a really cool thing. Um, and of course there's morality, but you know, depending on, you know, what yeah. spheres you move in, people might see morality in different ways. But I think generally speaking, at least for myself, I'm like, yeah, there is a right and wrong in terms of like, you know, murder or whatever. But I think in in a lot of aspects, right being this tiny box that was invented by people who were afraid of living out maybe that that like inner voice, that inner child that we were talking about, to live out that that actual like innermost innocent dream of like, yeah, like whatever it may be. Like you're like you saying that you love skating or me saying I want to write stories and someone saying, well, you can't really live a living that way or you can't really do that. Or I don't know. I just think that there's something even, even about like, uh, the rock universe. There's a universe where they turn into rocks and yeah. they were, I love that. That's the whole, the rock sequence is great. But when they start, um, Evelyn starts moving Enjoy Evelyn rock, rock, Evelyn starts moving and, uh, rock joys like don't move just be a rock and then she's like well I can do whatever I want there are no rules and then they tumble <laughs> off the cliff I think that's yeah, like that is in, tan in tandem with that whole right thing and there's too like as you get older we talked what was it last week last episode of the other most recent episode where we're talking about being mature or being an adult and it's like you don't let the inner child drive but at least they're in the passenger seat let them have a voice and opinion I think I think some people shut them up or throw them out of the car like my opinion, I think mine is almost in the driver's seat, but it can't be because I'm married with kids and, and a mortgage, you know, like you know, yep. the toddler Eric can't drive, but he's got to say, and I think it's important for people to let that, let that be the case in their life as often as possible. Um, but you're right. Yeah. It's what should be, what is supposed to be. And I don't know. I think we are all living the life the, the the best the best universe that we could be in but that's our choice right and i and dude and sometimes actually dude just to counter you a little bit it's like no dude let that let that little kid drive and uh you know otherwise we would yeah, never yeah. got talladega nights the bout of ricky bobby if little ricky yes, bobby didn't get in that driver's seat and want to go fast dude we would have never got that national treasure no that i'm just incredible. kidding <laughs> but but yeah dude at the end of the day like you're saying I don't know. That was like the thing that held me in thought the longest over all these watches and this last watch is that, yeah, what's important is what you choose to make important. Like my life doesn't have to be the worst life if I choose it not to be. And if I feel that way, what am I going to do about it? And how am I going to break 
break out and to be like, all right, cool. I don't need to, you to be proud. I'm finally, finally, I'm proud of myself and I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to water the grass uh, that is beneath my feet and I'm going to make it green. And if it doesn't turn green, that's okay because it's my grass. Um, yeah, the question is what, yeah, like what you just said, what are you going to do about it, right? If you, you feel do like you're it? stuck or in a rut, what are you going to do about it? And I do think a lot of great things that have happened in my life happened because the little kid was kind of steering. Yep. So I think that's, I think that's important to remember for people who who take things too seriously or who who live within like a structure, which can be good and there can be good with routine and structure and, and regulations at times. But if you don't break out of that, I think sometimes the best things happen there when you make those decisions. Right. No, for sure, dude. Um, yeah, dude, what about you? Anything else? Anything else you want to say before? Uh, no, no, I think I, there's so much more to, to discuss, but that was, I don't know, man, that, I, uh, I, I am trying to think I took a Kung Fu class with Jared Chavez, shout out Jared in uh, college. You know, what could have been if I continued on in Kung Fu, Josh? Mm, yeah. What could have been? What could have been? With think, my Kung Fu skills. Yeah, that's true. Would we have been friends? Something to think about. Probably not. Would I be in I'm a rival? To, a rival. I'm going to have to tell Kelly tonight, like, you know. <laughs> If I went down the Kung Fu path, would I have secluded myself into the jungles? Mm. You know, never to see the light of day. That's not Kung Fu. What is that? What am I thinking? I have no now idea. I'm just making shit up. Now I'm just... <laughs> Wait, you went one class or did you go for a while and get a belt? Uh, I didn't get a belt. I did a semester as an elective. Gotcha. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I should have picked that up. I think oh, you thought you might yeah. have... just one class one yeah. time 12 years ago? Like you got a Groupon. It was like, hey, buy one, get one. It's a one class of Kung Fu. But when you met, maybe you mentioned university. I don't remember. But now I get it. One class, like a semester class. Yeah, semester. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, dude. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, no, lasting thought is just like, I, we don't, like, I I don't think that, I don't know, unless people have really lucid dreams, like the visions that, that. She would have even even at the end where she got the, the you know that last glimpse before she grounded herself into her universe like the glimpses that she got throughout the movie. I don't mm. know about you. I don't get lucid dreams like that, but I think what people do, I think it's always remembered to like where you're planted, where you're at right now, bloom it, grow it, and, and enjoy it. And I don't know. I I'm grateful for the dumb things that I did and the wise things that I did, even if I didn't want to do them at the time that have led me to where I am now. Mm. And so I'm just hopeful that. I make that right combination of dumb, but also the com- right combination of dumb and calculated decisions in the future too. Because mm. it's just so funny. It's so funny to think about that, how like the smallest decisions, reckless or calculated, got you here. And I'm like, all right, 29 years in, in the next 29 years, will I make that perfect combo of reckless and calculated decisions to be at a place where I'm loving it like now? So there's 29 more years to make Maybe one too many dumb or one too many calculated. Who knows? It's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah right. No, I I agree because I I think sometimes I get bummed about some of the decisions I've made and the paths I've taken. But at the same time, I'm like, how do I not know that those things led me to where I need to be? Like in whatever. And maybe it's not even like need and like like it's need because I get to choose that or I I'm deciding that like this is where I need to be because this is where I am kind of thing. Uh, yes. And so, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think you're, 
It's a lot of, I hope I continue that. Cause that's the other thing. Like you don't know it plays out. It's kind of like when you're like, you're, when you predict something, you're like, oh, this is going to happen. And then it happens and you're like, see, I told you. But I'm like, but you only knew that because it actually happened. So, you yeah. Know, and I know that sounds silly and ridiculous, but what I'm saying is, is that I make a lot of predictions about a lot of things and oftentimes they don't come true. And so, but may in the same way, like you're saying, I made all these decisions and I don't know. I don't know what my life is in 10 years. As long as I don't keep choking on chili flakes, like we're going to see Josh in 10 years, right? We're going to see Josh at 40. And hopefully, you know, it's like, yeah, all those things of what ifs. It's like, oh yeah, all these decisions have led to, hopefully that's a happy time when I'm 40. Yeah. And I could be like, yeah, remember all that sad, you know, shit you were doing back then? It was all for this, you know? It's it all built upon it. that. So, but I won't know it. I won't know until it happens. So I think part of that for me is like, well then go find out. What did Robin Williams say in the night of the museum? I had to see to about Paul. a girl. No, it's not Paul Rudd. <laughs> What the heck? What's his name? Anyways, uh, character in the Ed museum. He's like, I yeah, Ben Stiller. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. And Robin Williams goes, how exciting. <laughs> and I always think about that. <laughs> hey, that's a great movie, okay? Don't disrespect Night of the Living Museum or Robin Williams. I'm that's sorry, you're the one disrespecting Paul Rudd and Ben Stiller by getting on I know, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is highly superior. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, how exciting. How no, I wasn't laughing because I was saying that's ridiculous. I was laughing because it's it's kind of true, you know? How exciting. And again, that's just a choice, right? It's like I can either be, you know, doom and gloom about the unknown or I can be like, how exciting. And I jokingly just referenced the Goodwill hunting of when he said, I had to see about a girl. I have to see about a girl, yeah. But there's a lot of truth to that too in the same way about how exciting. It's like, I don't know how that's going to end up, but I had to go find had to go out. Try it. And I had to go find out and, and finding, finding excitement in life within that decision, uh, rather than dude, what ifs and should just ruin my life, all the what ifs mm. and the things I should and shouldn't be doing, man, if I just stay in that dude, I'll never go see about that. I'll never go see it. I'll never feel like tomorrow's exciting, you know? So I think, um, for me personally is just taking a lot of those what ifs. Cause yeah, I mean, this whole movie is filled with what ifs if you get lost in it. Uh, for myself, if you're like me and just insert yourself into everything, cause you know, I'm the center of my world. So everything else should be too. No. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think I get lost in a lot of that of what ifs, but it, that's so, it's so true, dude. It's like, no, not that's what you have to have people around you. Yeah. That's what you have to have people around you to say, who cares? What if, uh, or who, who cares if it was, you know, the negative, right? To like combat those feelings that you have. Because if you just stayed in solitude, no one would combat that and maybe you don't overcome it. And like, I worry a lot and Kelly does that for me and like the, who cares? End of the day, you're coming back home and like, I mean, God forbid something physical happens, but like you try this thing at work, it doesn't work out or we, we're going to try something new next year. It's like, end of the day, we're here, crash out, order some pizza at midnight, doesn't work out you know, glass of wine, throw some Netflix on with me. That's how it, the nights, like we can, at the end of the day, right? But like, that's why you have to have people. And for, you know, for me, that's her, for other people. But to have people to bounce that, that can combat that negativity of, I'm not sure, what if? Because people who are close to you and care about you and want to see you succeed or, or try things will always push you, push those boundaries for you, right? Yeah. That's good. 
right? There's this balance of it. I think even when I was, what was running through my head now is just this, this, even this podcast of like, if I did this by myself, I probably would have never done it. Cause I'm like, what if I say not good stuff? Or what if I say done? And that's the other thing. It's not about saying good stuff. It's about saying your stuff, right? And so I think yeah. it's very much so rather than thinking about, again, right and wrong and good and bad, this tiny box made by those afraid. And that's how I felt. But then when I involve you, when I'm like, hey, Eric, you want to be a part of this? I'm like, dude, Eric, you say what you need to say. Because I like, I can cheer you on and I'm excited. And I, be- and I think sometimes for me, it's a lot easier for me to believe in other people um, before I believe mm-hmm. in myself. And I think it's like you're saying this balance of like, oh no, it, with other people, you're not just in alone being like, I'm a failure, but I can be like, hey, Eric, I believe in you. And you're over here like, hey, Josh, I believe in you. And then we're both saying things, just hoping that I'm like, okay, you know what? It's going to be great. Even if I say some dumb shit today, Eric is going to hold it down. That's how I, that's mm, like in my thought yeah. process. And I was like, but for all I know is Eric's thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Which is so, yeah, anyways, it's just, it is so funny, dude. Not to be too meta uh, about everything that's going on all at once right now. But, um, but yeah, man, definitely, definitely a full movie. Like you had mentioned it multiple times, dude. I think I had tears of multiple emotions from this movie. Like there was, there was tears of joy. There was tears of sadness. There was tears of fear. Um, and I think I would even argue there's, there was times where I, I, I had watery eyes from laughing laughing a little too hard i um, i i was the first time i didn't watch it with kelly this time i watched it with kelly and we were for some we rewound it like two or three times when wayman initially i think it's about half hour in 45 minutes in he's trying to convince evelyn after she first meets with the irs or they first mm-hmm. meet the irs when the other universe and he's trying to talk to her and she said you're just making sounds you're or like she says something along the lines like you're not making real words you're just making noises <laughs> Dude, we, we 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 went back three or four times. Like the delivery of that line was just <laughs> like it felt so real of like if if someone, especially your husband or wife or like someone you love or care about came back to try to explain this to you, that was just so authentic. And I we died. I may have had tears from laughter in that part in that moment. Yeah. What did she say exactly? You're just making sounds. And she like covers her ears. It's just like, what are you? It's like gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, there's a lot of good moments in there. And that's the fun thing about this movie. And I think why it'll hold up too and why I recommend it. Yeah. Why I tell everyone, hey, I think this movie is good for at least one watch. In my opinion, if you're like me, multiple mm-hmm. watches, but at least one. Because I don't foresee this movie being everyone's, you know, favorite or even agreeing that this was like, best picture or it's going to hold up in 10 years but i think it's worth watching at least once i think it's worth thinking about it as a how exciting moment because you don't know what it's going to hold and i think um in my personal opinion i think yeah it's going to be one of those movies that i think will be that will hold up for a long time to come like i think in 10 years the same way that i'm thinking about social network i think a movie like this also in 10 years i'll be thinking about it or goodwill hunting it's like been 20 years will be i think soon or maybe it's already hit 20 years yeah i think it came out in 19 oh yeah nine. oh no it's when did good one anyways my point is it's gonna hold up yeah um so since we switched it up on the intro i'm gonna do the outro for you oh dude i can't wait highly recommend i think this movie's great and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna throw this ball into eric's court dude why don't you you take us home thanks for listening to the living a stream podcast uh 
It's been a blessing and an honor to be here with my co-host, Eric Harrison. As we said earlier, I'm Josh Perez. Uh, subscribe, like, share, send us money. We're opening to GoFundMe next week. Um, no, that's not what it's called. We're opening. No, we're not. We're not. Josh is trying to cut me off. I can see him in the camera. We're not doing anything next week. Um, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Um, we keep track of it. Like Big Brother, we know who shares, we know who likes, we know who listens to the full thing. So if you stopped early, we know. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.